Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bed Uzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. You can listen to this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. In the past two episodes, we have been reading through the sixth word. And inshallah, today we will continue to uh, read and Inshallah, finish the sixth word. As we did in the previous episode, we are going to read through the parable in its English only, quickly, and then we will move on to where we left, uh, which is going to be the five losses, the, the truth of the five losses of uh, not selling oneself and possessions to God. For those who have not listened to the previous two episodes, it would be better for you to uh, listen to them first, but quickly, this is a treatise uh, that is based on the verse A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Inna Allah ishtara minal mu'minina anfusahum wa amwalahum bi anna lahumul jannah God has purchased from the believers their selves and possessions in return for the garden This is a beautiful interpretation of this verse And the verse is uh, Surah Tawbah, the chapter Tawbah in the Quran and the 11th verse in that okay bismillah inshallah we will read the english of the parable first and then we will move on to where we where we left bismillahirrahmanirrahim in the name of god the merciful the giver of mercy inna allaha ishtara minal mu'minina anfusahum wa amwalahum bi anna lahumul jannah god has purchased from the believers their selves and possessions in return for the garden if you want to understand what a profitable deal and honorable status it is to sell yourself and possessions to God and to be his servant and soldier, listen to this small parable. Once a king gave two of his men each an estate containing all necessary workshops, machines, horses, arms, and so forth. However, because this was a turbulent time of war, nothing remained stable. All things either faced destruction or transformed and lost their utility. Having utmost mercy, the king sent a most noble officer of his to convey an immensely compassionate proclamation to these two soldiers, to his two men. He said, Sell what I have temporarily trusted in your hands to me so that I will keep it for you and it will not be wasted in vain. I will return it to you in a better condition at the end of the war. Moreover, I will pay you a large price as if it is your property. Those machines and tools will continue to operate in my name at my workplace. Their values and usage fees will increase a thousandfold and I will give all the income that they generate to you. Besides, you are needy and powerless. You cannot meet the necessary expenses of these massive enterprises. 
I will assume the provision of all of their expenses and equipment, but I will give all the accruing revenue and benefits to you. Moreover, I will let you keep them. I will let you keep them in your possession until the time of demobilization. Here is an option involving five layers of profit. If you do not sell the property to me, you already see that no one can hold on to their possessions permanently. What you possess will slip out of your hands as it happens to everyone else. It will, disappears, it will disappear without leaving any returns and you will miss the high price that I am offering. Those sensitive and precious tools will totally lose their value in the absence of suitable materials to process and tasks to fulfill. Besides, you will continue to carry the burden of managing and protecting those estates and you will receive punishment for betraying your trust in the end. Here is an option involving five layers of loss. Furthermore, selling what you have to me means becoming my soldier and acting on my behalf. Instead of carrying yourself around as a lowly captive or irregular soldier, you will become a distinguished and free officer under the command of an exalted king. Having received this favor from the king and listened to his decree, the reasonable one among those two men said, by all means, I will sell with pleasure and thank you a thousand times. The other one was arrogant and self-centered, possessing a soul swollen with pride like a pharaoh. Lost in a state of inebriation and oblivious to the tremors and turmoils of the world, as if he would stay in that estate forever. He said, no, who is the king after all? I won't sell my property, nor will I ruin my comfort. After a short while, the first man attained such a high rank that everybody envied his state. He received the king's favor and lived in his royal palace in a state of bliss. The other man descended to such a deplorable situation that everybody pitied him. Though said, everybody pitied him, though said, that serves him well. Because his property and happiness departed him as a result of his mistake, and he also suffered a tormenting punishment. O oh, the soul that is filled with desires, make this parable a telescope to see the countenance of truth. That king is your nurturing master, Rab, and creator, Khalak, who is the master of pre-existence and eternity. As for those estates, machines, tools, and scales, they stand for your possessions in this life, your body, soul, and heart among those possessions and your inner and physical senses senses attached to them, such as your eyes, tongue, intellect, and imagination. That most noble officer is the gracious prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That most wise proclamation is the wisdom-filled Qur'an, which announces the deal that we had mentioned before with the following, following verse. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. إن الله اشترى من المؤمنين أنفسهم وأموالهم بأن لهم الجنة. And that turbulent war front is the tumultuous face of this earth. It never stays still. It changes and degrades and it inspires each man and woman to ask if everything is going to slip out of our hands, will reach an end and disappear. Is there any way to give them permanence and hold on to them? And as humans 
seek an answer to this question, the heavenly voice of the Quran proclaims, Yes, there is. There is an easy and beautiful solution, profitable in five ways. Question, what is it? Answer, selling what is in your trust to its true owner. And look, there are five layers of profit in that sale. We read the five layers of profit in that sale in the previous uh, episode, and we will now continue with the explanation of the truths of the loss in the parable. İşte bu beş mertebe karlı ticareti yapmazsan, şu karlardan mahrumiyetten başka beş derece hasaret içinde hasarete düşeceksin. So, if you do not accept this five times profitable transaction, not only will you be deprived of such profits, but also will you accrue five layers of loss. <coughs> so there is the loss of profit, deprivation from profit, and also an additional loss, a real loss. Birinci hasaret. O kadar sevdiğin mal ve evlad ve prestij ettiğin nefis ve heva ve meftun olduğun gençlik ve hayat zayi olup kaybolacak. Senin elinden çıkacaklar. Fakat günahlarını, elemlerini sana bırakıp boynuna yükletecekler. First loss. The property and offspring that you love so much. The carnal self, the, the compulsive self, the compulsive soul, and its desires that you worship, and the youth and life to which you are so attached will be wasted. They will slip out of your hands and vanish. This is for everyone. This is for everyone to think about and and to, to imagine and to, to visualize, to internalize, to contemplate. To contemplate to contemplate at length. The Prophet mm-hmm. told us to remember what embitters the blessings that is death. And that is, this is a description of that here. The property and offspring that you love so much. The property and offspring. We are attached to, to what we, we possess. This is human nature. You think of children, small children. You know, a child holds a toy in his hand and it is his. If you try to take the toy away, he will cry and scream and, you know, do whatever it takes to get it back. When we see this in a child, it looks maybe cute, maybe funny, maybe childish. But how are we as adults different from them? that? Are we different from that? We are not. We are also attached to the property, the, the possessions, the things that we have accrued in our lives. The only difference is that when it is taken out of our hands, we don't scream and kick in the same way that the children do. We find other ways to do that. And also, the society is set up in such a way that there are guarantees on property and we don't lose our property on a regular basis. However, we do lose our property on a regular basis. Whenever we, we die, we lose it all. We don't take anything with us. So the property and offspring, children, this might sound like the most legitimate attachment that one can have. You know, one's offspring, 
But even the offspring are not ours. We are abd, we are slaves, we are slaves of God. And then what are our children? Are our children not slaves of God too? If they are slaves of God, how can they simultaneously be our property or possession? They are all given to us in trust. The children, the property, they are all given to us in trust. And they will depart us. They will go. We love them so much, but they will go. The compulsive soul, the desires that we have, they say that the strongest love that one ever has is love for himself or herself. One is attached to himself or herself. One can sacrifice many things, but himself or herself, that is difficult. That is difficult. The Prophet ﷺ told Umar that his faith would be complete when he loved the Prophet ﷺ more than himself. That is a measure. That is a measure there for us. So we are so attached to it. And the youth and life the youth, we, we are attached when we are young, and after that it is gone, and that is an indication, that is a sign, that is a powerful sign that we need to heed, we need to pay attention to. But even after the, the youth goes, there is a life that remains, and one remains attached to it and does not want to lose it. But, there is no solution. There is no solution. They will slip out of our hands, and they will vanish. Now, this is from the point of view, the perspective of the unbeliever. This is from the perspective of the one who does not sell, who refuses to sell his self and his possessions to God in return for the garden. From the point of view of the disbeliever, death is vanishment. Death is destruction. Death is the end. That is not the case for the believer. But here we are talking about the losses of those who refuse to sell their selves and their possessions to God. They will slip out of your hands and vanish. For the believer, they will all come back. We will all enter the Jannah, the paradise, young. Yet, they will leave their sins and pains behind, burdening you your neck like a yoke. So they will all go vanish. But, they will leave their sins and pains behind. Now remember again, this is the person who refused to sell himself to God, himself and his possessions to God. Therefore he did not obey God. He lived in a state of disobedience. His life was full of sins. And what do the sins leave behind? Good memories? Those memories are never good. They are all bitter because, because they are memories of times past. And that cannot come back again. What they leave behind, that what they really leave behind is the sins and pains, pains of separation. We talked about this when we were, we were reading the parable, right? Pains of separation. These uh, Ustad Nursi in, in elsewhere, he uh, uses the metaphor or, or representation of thorns. These are thorns of separation. The blessings that we see around, like the youth and the desires of the composite soul and the, and the property and children and, and family and loved ones and friends and so on and so forth, we all love them. They are all beautiful. They are like beautiful flowers that one is attracted to intrinsically without a reason. 
Beauty is love. Beauty is uh, desired for its own sake. We are all attracted to all of these for their own sake. They are like beautiful flowers, but as soon as we, uh, we extend our hands and try to grab them, they are full of thorns, and those thorns pierce through, lacerate through our hands. Why? Because they are thorns of separation. Nothing remains. Ustad Nursi in that representation uses the, the, the example of a train. He imagines himself traveling in a train, fast-going train, and through the window, an open window, he sees these beautiful flowers. He tries, he extends his hands and grabs them, but the train is moving. Time is passing. The train is, train is moving. Time is passing. Therefore, he cannot hold on to anything. They just just lacerate through. They just wound his hands. Thorns of separation. All the blessings of this life from the point of view of the world, from a worldly, worldly uh, in their worldly dimension, all the blessings of this life are, are covered with thorns of separation. And they, they, they hurt when those thorns pierce our hands. They hurt. And if we live in a state of disobedience, even worse, they leave sins and the burden of the sins because there is punishment coming for it. İkinci hasaret. Emanette hıyanet cezasını çekeceksin. Çünkü en kıymetdar aletleri, en kıymetsiz şeylerde sarf edip nefsine zulmettin. Second loss. You will receive the punishment for betraying your trust. Because you wronged yourself by wasting the most valuable instruments for the lowliest purposes. You will receive the punishment for betraying your trust. Remember. The estate in the parable and everything that have appeared to be in our possessions in real life are all given to us in trust. What this means is that we do not own them for good. What, o- what this also means is that we have a responsibility to use them in the way they are, that they are meant to be used. Where We have a responsibility to protect and preserve them. We have a responsibility to... Uh, to preserve their uh, integrity, our intellect, for instance, we have a responsibility to preserve its integrity. That that's one of the reasons why we cannot we cannot use mind-altering uh, products, alcohol or drugs, and so on and so forth. We are not ours. We have a responsibility. It is given to us in trust. But one who does not sell it to the king, the lord. To God, betrays the trust because this is a war front. It's in a, it's in a state of turmoil. No one can preserve anything. No one can procure the raw material in order to use to produce things with the machinery in this estate, or find the necessary markets in order to sell them so that they don't rot on the side somewhere. One who does not acquire the protection of the king and act in the name of the king and therefore enable what is in his possession to fulfill its functions betrays the trust you will receive the punishment for betraying your trust because you wronged yourself by wasting the most valuable instruments for the lowliest purposes you wronged yourself how this intellect was given to me to know God. This intellect was given to me to read the signs of creation, to measure things, 
to compare things and from these measurements and comparisons to, conclu to conclude that there is a creator and he is one and then to receive the guidance that comes through his prophets, his messengers after all that message is sent to those who have intellect only others do not have the responsibility of receiving and acknowledging and obeying the message so into the intellect was given to me for these sublime purposes to bring me closer to my creator but then look around in how many how many lowly ways that that the intellect can be used is being used how out there there are so many people who use the intellect and the loopholes loopholes of logic in order to to seemingly seemingly prove the, the non-existence of god in order to, to seemingly seemingly prove that the world was does not have a beginning or if it has a beginning it can be a perpetual extinction and re-emergence re, re, re into existence it doesn't make sense and it is so difficult it is one in a maybe billionth possibility probability and even that is a false probability false conceived pr probability but the intellect uses the loopholes of logic in order to, to convince one that this is the case or for the believers but the sinner, sinning believer, the one who refuses to sell himself to uh, himself and his possessions to God, how many different tricks that are there out there that this, the Satan can use against us and our intellect takes it? Some of the learned, very well learned, geniuses of the Ummah, of the, of the com community of believers, thought that because they were so intelligent, because they were so well learned it was okay for them to drink drink wine because inebriation and losing control and losing the intellect and so on and so forth was that that was for lowly people who were not educated who, whose intelligence was not developed enough and so on and so forth how did how were they tricked into thinking like this so one can use the intellect for this purpose too in order to pander to the desires vanities of the compulsive soul now the intellect was such is such a sublime instrument that is given to us to take us to god to read his signs in the creation but look how it can be used this is a choice that we make and and the choices that we make have consequences here is the consequence because you wronged yourself by wasting the most valuable instruments, our eyes. What are our eyes given to us for? Again, to look around. The Quran says repeatedly, "Don't you see? Don't you see? Don't you see? Don't you? Don't you? Uh, don't you reason? Don't you think about it? Right? Don't you see? We look around and see the beauty and mercy." in the creation and we appreciate it and we say subhanallah we say subhanallah alhamdulillah for the mercy we say alhamdulillah for the glory and majesty that we, that we witness in the creation which is the sign of the a sign a sign of the majesty of the creator we say allahu akbar 
This is what the eyes are for. But in how many lowly ways can the eyes be used? How many times a day our eyes turn to what is haram, what is forbidden? You wronged yourself by wasting the most valuable instruments for the lawless purposes and there is a punishment for that. There is a punishment for betraying the trust. Third loss. Üçüncü hasaret. Bütün o kıymetdar cihazat insaniyeyi hayvanlıktan çok aşağı bir derekeye düşürüp hikmet ilahiyeye iftira ve zulmettin. You insulted and transgressed against divine wisdom by reducing all those human faculties to a level much below animals. Subhanallah. Glory be to God. What we were talking about, the intellect, the eyes, and you know we can enumerate, keep enumerating, the, ex, keep expanding the list. These are given for a purpose, and that purpose indicates divine wisdom. That purpose is coming from divine wisdom. But if we, if we do not use what is given to us in trust for the purpose that it is given to us, for what it is meant to be, if we don't do that, if we waste them, if we use them in for purposes that are inconsistent with the wisdom that that created that that that was uh, in their creation, then what happens? We insult the divine wisdom that created everything in the way they are created. There is nothing in the creation that could have been better than what it is. There is wisdom in everything. Everything is created by the all-wise Lord. But when we don't see that wisdom, when we don't use things in the way they are meant to be, not only we are betraying the trust, but we are insulting that wisdom. The, teachers tell, the teacher tells the student, take this pencil, and I'm writing these things on the board, and copy it in, uh, in your notebook. The, te- the, the student takes the pencil, as the teacher is writing on the board, he takes the pencil and starts drumming with it. What is the teacher going to turn and say? Look, I gave this pencil so that you can write in your notebook, not so that you can start drumming on your desk. That It is not meant to drum. The pencil breaks. The lead in the pencil breaks when you drum with it. That is what it is. You are insulting the wisdom. You are insulting the thinking and purpose of the teacher. The teacher will be offended. You insulted and transgressed against divine wisdom by reducing all those human faculties to a level much below animals. Your ears were given to you. First and foremost, to hear the message, the Quran, the prophetic message, sallallahu alayhi wa and then to hear those who convey this message. And then to hear those who are in need and to maybe run to their need. To hear your parents. To hear good things. Don't you hear? To hear and to obey. But then you go and use those ears in order to enable your compulsive soul to forget for distraction, ghafla. We go and you know spend our lives 
awake lives, listening to music, listening to music that is meaningless. It is entertaining, and that is the point. It is entertaining so that we do not think about the reality of the existence that surrounds us. But it becomes a, an instrument of distraction. These ears, this, this uh, hearing, the faculty of hearing that is given to us so that we can listen to hear and heed the message, it becomes an instrument of distraction. You insulted and transgressed against divine wisdom by reducing all those human faculties to a level much below animals. The heart, the heart, its main function is again to, to know God. For the intellect, it is to read the signs in the creation and find a way to, uh, to God. But for the heart, it is to know God, to directly know God. There's a secret in there. It is how we know God. And it's also how we um, attribute value to things. The heart is our organ that, that, is, uh, that, ha that has the capacity to, to attribute value to things. And it, it is supposed to attribute the highest value to God. To love God. To love God more than. And you can't put anything over in, in, in that. Because Allahu Akbar. All God is greater than everything. God is more beloved to us than everything. And then his Prophet wasallam comes. So the heart is an instrument. The, the main function of this heart is to love God. But what do we do with it? We attach value. Yes, we attach value to the sports car that we have or that we might one day have. We attach value to the job that we have or that we might one day have. We attach value to the world. The world is dunya, right? coming from dini, it is lowly. In relation to its material being, in relation to what it stands for and on its own, not in relation to it being a sign of God. This is an elaborate matter, inshallah, we are going to read about and expand on in the, in the Risale Inur. But by itself, from the point of view of its, its meaning that looks onto itself, the world is dunya, the knee. But look how the heart attaches to it. How the heart attributes the utmost value to it. How the heart becomes so pained when it is losing it, when it is separating from it. Subhanallah. You insulted and transgressed against divine wisdom by reducing all those human faculties to a level much below animals. Why below animals? Why below animals? Because the animals do not have the responsibility that we have. They do not have the partial human will that we have. They do what they do because that is the way they are created to be. They do not transgress. The lion kills the deer, but the deer is permissible to the lion as long as it is hungry. Uh, because the, the deer is permissible to the lion, when the lion kills the deer, there is no accountability for that. But the man kills the deer not because he is hungry, not because he wants to eat it, just for fun. Then there is an accountability for that. There is a responsibility for that. The deer was living in this world and this world is the deer's paradise. It was happy here and it was fulfilling its function. It was glorifying his Lord. The desire and the delight that the deer 
has. The desire that the deer has for the grass that it is eating and the delight, the the um the joy that it gets from chewing that grass and swallowing it. That is its gratitude, that is its thanks to the Lord. So the deer that is eating, in that state of eating, is thanking his Lord. And the deer does not transgress because it does not have the ability to transgress. It does what it is supposed to do. But humans Humans are given the choice. The humans, humans are given this major trust. They are given choice. They can pick the good, they can pick the bad. They can pick obedience, they can pick disobedience and rebellion. Therefore, when they do not fulfill their responsibility, they fall below the animals. When they insult and transgress against divine wisdom, when they reduce all those human faculties, to a level much below animals. This is the Asphalus Tafilin. God created us in the best of examples, best of the creation, but then when we don't use what is given to us in the way it is supposed to be used, used, we fall, we fall, we fall to the lowest of the law. Dördüncü hasaret. Aciz ve fakrın ile beraber o pek ağır hayat yükünü Zayıf beline yükleyip zeval ve firak sillesi altında daim vaveyla edeceksin. You will constantly wail under the blows of separation and transience, for you will be loading your weak shoulders with the heavy burdens of life, despite despite your powerlessness and neediness. Again, the same key concept comes here: arzve and fakr, powerlessness and neediness impotence and indigence or impotence and dependence we have so many needs and we have so little or maybe next to nothing to procure them on our own but at the same time the life is a heavy heavy load to be carried we either carry it ourselves on our shoulders on our back or we trust them to god remember the message from the king give them to me i'm going to operate them on your behalf i'm going to carry them through the war through the war. I'm going to maintain them through the war. We either give them to the Lord and He maintains them for us or we have to maintain it for our, ourselves. We have to carry it ourselves. Uh, inshallah, here we can read a short parable from elsewhere in the Risale-i Nur uh, that should help us understand this concept uh, a bit better. This is from the 20, 23rd word, the first chapter of the 23rd word and the third point. It is longer, and inshallah, when the time comes for the 23rd word, we are going to read it at length. But quickly, this is a beautiful parable that really brings the subject closer to our understanding. Vaktiyle iki adam hem bellerine hem başlarına ağır yükler yüklenip, büyük bir sefineye bir bilet alıp girdiler. One time, two men loaded heavy burdens onto both their backs and heads, and buying tickets, they boarded a large ship. Birisi girer girmez yükünü gemiye bırakıp üstünde oturup nezaret eder. As soon as they boarded, one of them, one of the men, left his load on the deck, put it down, and sitting on it, he sat on it and started guarding it. He put it down, sat on it and started guarding it. Diğeri hem ahmak hem mağrur olduğundan yükünü yere bırakmıyor. The other, however, since he was both stupid and arrogant, would not put down his load. Ona denildi. Ağır yükünü gemiye bırakıp rahat et. So he was told, leave that heavy load on the deck and be comfortable. 
O dedi, yok ben bırakmayacağım belki zayi olur. He responded, no, I won't put it down. Perhaps it might get lost. I am strong. I will guard, guard my property by carrying it on my head and back. Ben kuvvetliyim, malımı belimde ve başımda muhafaza edeceğim. I am strong, I will guard my property carrying it on my head and back. Yine ona denildi. Then he was told again. Bizi ve sizi kaldıran şu emniyetli sefine-i sultaniye daha kuvvetlidir. Daha ziyade iyi muhafaza eder. Belki başın döner, yükün ile beraber denize düşersin. Hem gittikçe kuvvetten düşersin. Şu bükülmüş belin, şu akılsız başın gittikçe ağırlaşan şu yüklere takat getiremeyecek. Kaptan dahi eğer seni bu halde görse ya divanedir diye seni tard edecek... Ya haindir, gemimizi ittiham ediyor, bizimle istihza ediyor, hapis edilsin diye emredecektir. Hem herkese matkara olursun. Çünkü ehli dikkat nazarında zaafı gösteren tekebbürün ile, aczi gösteren gururun ile, riyayı ve zilleti gösteren tasannuun ile kendini halka mudhike yaptın. Herkes sana gülüyor. So he was told, he is carrying his load on his back instead of putting it down on the deck. And he said, put it down. He said, no. He is stupid and arrogant. He said, no, maybe it's going to be lost. Maybe there will be harm to it. I, I am strong. I am strong. I carried myself. So he was said, he was told, this reliable royal ship, which is carrying you and us, and after all, you are on the ship, is stronger. It can protect it better, your lord better than you. You may get giddy and fall into the sea together with your lord. Anyway, You will gradually lose your strength. Is there anyone out there who can preserve, keep his strength? And by degrees, those loads will get heavier and your bent back and brainless head will not have the power to bear them. And if the captain sees you in this state, he will either say that you are crazy and expel you from the ship, or he will think that you are ungrateful, accusing our ship and jeering at us. And he will order you to be put into prison. Also, you are making a fool of yourself in front of everyone. For the perceptive see that you are for the perceptive see that you are displaying weakness through your conceit, impotence through your pride. So your your conceit is displaying your weakness. Your pride is displaying your impotence, and abasement and hypocrisy through your pretense. And have thus made yourself a laughing stock in the eyes of the people. Everyone is laughing at you. Denildikten sonra o biçarenin aklı başına geldi. When he was told this, whereupon the unfortunate man came to his senses. Yükünü yere koydu, üstüne oturdu. Oh Allah senden razı olsun. Zahmetten, hapisten, maskaralıktan kurtuldum dedi. He put down his load on the deck and sat on it. He said to the other, Oh, may God be pleased with you. I have been saved from that difficulty and from prison and from making a fool of myself. So I guess the parable is clean, clear. And inshallah, when we come to the 23rd word, we are going to read this in more detail and contemplate, uh, ponder over it at length. But coming back to what you were reading, You will constantly wail under the blows of separation and transience, for you will be loading your weak shoulders, your weak back, with the heavy burdens of life, despite your impotence and neediness. The load of life, the burden of life, is a reality. It exists. The question is whether we carry it on our shoulders 
while we ourselves are on the ship, this royal ship of uh, this royal ship that is moving on, whether we agree to be on it or not. So whether we carry the load on our shoulders or we put it on the deck and sit on it and guard it, not leave it, we cannot leave it, but we, we guard it, but are we going to carry it or are we going to sit on it? That is the difference. One who sells it to the Lord, one who sells it to God, God promised that he is going to maintain it. And uh, we saw that there are five layers of profit in selling and there is no loss. Five layers of profit and there is no loss. It is preserved. It, it continues to operate. It's maintained. Uh, it is protected from the uh, turmoils of war. It continues to function. It co continues to operate because the raw material is provided. There is a market to sell its products. The profits are given to, to, to us in the end, are going to be given to us in the end. So we are going to benefit from the products. We are saved from the production costs. And in the end, all of it will be given to us in a better form. It will improve. It, it improves and it will be given to us in an improved form. So there is no loss. It's all good. So one who sells it to God sits on it, does not leave it, but sits on it and sees that it is constantly producing goods. It's constantly producing goods. The Prophet وسلم, said the, the, the, the state of the believer is wondrous. When good comes to him, he is grateful and he gets the reward. When harm comes to him, he is patient and he reaps the benefits. Again, he, he is rewarded for his patience. So one who sits on the load is like the believer. When good comes to him, he is grateful. When difficulties come to him, he is patient. And in both cases, in both cases, he benefits. We are impotent and needy. We have innumerable, unlimited needs. And our unlimited needs can be taken care of, can be procured. All of them can be procured by the Lord. But if we try to acquire them on our own, we are powerless, absolutely powerless. This is the human predicament as we talked before. This is the human, human predicament. And in that state, in that predicament, if we decide to carry the load on our back, on our shoulders, we will constantly wail under the blows of separation and transience. And there is no other option. We will not be able to carry it. We will keep getting weaker and weaker and weaker. We will keep losing our strength and, and it will depart us and eventually we will fall. Eventually we will fall and the Lord will fall and it, it, it will be wasted and we will get the punishment of not showing respect and, and not putting our trust in the captain of the ship. Fifth loss, Beşinci Hasaret. Hayat-ı ebediye esasatını ve saadet-i okreviye levazımatını tedarik etmek için verilen akıl, kalp, göz ve dil gibi güzel hediyeyi, rahmaniyeyi Cehennem kapılarını sana açınca açacak çirkin bir surete çevirmektir. Fifth, fifth loss. Spoiling the merciful ones beautiful gifts. Ar-Rahman. The merciful ones beautiful gifts. Such as the intellect, the heart, the eyes and the tongue which are otherwise given to you to procure the essentials of eternal life and the requirements of happiness in the hereafter so these are given to us this is the purpose this is what god 
why God created them for. What God created them for. They are given to you to procure the essentials of eternal life and the requirements of happiness in the hereafter. What are those, those essentials? Again, we touched upon this brief, briefly. We need that heart in the hereafter. We need that intellect in the hereafter. We need those eyes. We need those ears in the hereafter. They are going to be given to us in a much better form. They will improve. We talked about this, right? They will be given to us in an improved form with improved capacities and with that higher capacity we are going to use them to witness, to see, to love in a way that is befitting of the paradise. We see beauty in this world. It is un it's incomparable to the beauty that we are inshallah, inshallah going to see in the paradise. Ustad Nursi says that um, again I'm paraphrasing here one hour of the or a thousand years of happy joyous life in this world cannot be the equivalent of one hour in paradise so it's not any any life in this world it's one thousand years of happy joyous life in this world is not cannot be the equivalent of an hour in paradise and 1,000 years in paradise cannot be the equivalent of seeing God. Ru'yatullah. Witnessing, seeing God's countenance, beholding God's countenance. So, these eyes and this heart, we don't know, we cannot know the nature of how we are going to behold God's countenance in the, in the paradise. But in this world, the, what we can comprehend now is that we see with our eyes and with our hearts, these eyes and this heart are given to us in this world to behold the beauty of the flowers and the birds and the sky and the sunset and the oceans and so on and so forth and the trees and so on and so forth. The beauty of all of those cannot be compared to the beauty that, that we are inshallah going to see in paradise. And that cannot be compared to the beauty of the countenance of God. So this is why these are given. For us to use here, to work here, to practice here, and to improve, so that when we go there, we are we will be given them back in a much more improved form, and that improvement is going to be out of the blessing of God. You know, our actions in this world, our efforts are going to improve them, but the paradise is much higher than whatever we can achieve on our own. So it's going to be coming from that blessing, from that increase from God. And they will be given to us in that increased higher form, higher capacity, and, and there we are going to use them in, in the ultimate way that they can be used, inshallah. However, however, while these are gifts of the merciful, the merciful one, that are given to us in order to earn an eternal life and eternal happiness in that eternal life while this is the purpose that they are given to us what do we do by misusing them by abusing them we turn them into keys that will open the gates of hell for us isn't this a loss isn't opening a gate to the hell a loss? What is a loss if it is not a loss? Şimdi satmaya bakacağız.
Now we will consider the act of selling. So up to this point, we were talk considering the uh, benefits of selling and the loss, profits of selling and the loss of not selling. And we will now look at the, the very act of selling. Is it so difficult? Acaba o kadar ağır bir şey midir ki çokları satmaktan kaçıyorlar? Is it so difficult that many refrain from selling? Right, because we we evaluated the situation with our intellect. Again, that's what the intellect does. We looked at the profits, we looked at the loss. And it makes complete sense to sell, and it makes complete it uh, complete nonsense not to sell. And it is complete nonsense not to sell. But many are not selling. So is then is this maybe because the, the act of selling is so difficult, therefore people do not uh, people are agreeing agreeing to losing the profit and get taking the loss instead. Is that the case? Is it so difficult to sell ourselves and our possessions to God? Is it so difficult that many refrain from selling? Yok, kata ve asla. Hiç öyle ağırlığı yoktur. No, the answer is no. So, again, there is no way out. One who has intellect cannot finish reading this treatise without making a firm decision, a firm intention to sell one's possessions and, and self to God. And what does that mean? No, definitely not. It is not difficult. It is not difficult at all for the realm of permissible are expansive and adequate for a pleasurable life. Yok, kata ve asla hiç öyle ağırlığı yok. Zira helal dairesi geniştir, keyfe kafi gelir. The, the realm of the permissible, helal. What is helal? What is permissible? Is expansive. It keeps, exp it is, it is large. It is wide, it's broad, and it is adequate for a pleasurable life. So if you sell, does that mean that you are going to have to bear the burden of a tormentous life? Life of torment? The war is going on after all. What torment are we talking about? Not selling is the torment because we, we uh, keep the burden of preserving all these things through the war. The war is not going away when we don't sell. We can forget. We can entertain and distract and inebriate and so on and so forth and therefore forget that the, the pain is there. But the pain is there. The burden is there. The load is there. So if we sell, does that mean that we are deprived of all pleasures of life? Not even that. Life is still pleasurable, and actually, life is more pleasurable when we sell our property, our possessions, and self to God, because we are now saved from this concern for the property and self. And then, even more, we can start to enjoy the, the light of belief. Inshallah, we will come to that too, again in the 23rd word. The light of belief, it is such a pleasure, it's such a joy. Harama girmeye hiç lüzum yoktur. There is no need to step into the realm of the forbidden. There is no need to step into the realm of the haram. Feraizi ilahiye ise hafiftir, azdır. What God has ordained to be obligatory are easy and few. Like prayers, fasting, hajj and so 
so on so forth. The, the, the fara'id, what is fardah, what God has ordained to be obligatory, are easy and few. They are not too much. Allah'a abd ve asker olmak öyle lezzetli bir şereftir ki tarif edilmez. The sweetness of being God's servant and soldiers, God's slave and soldier, is an honor beyond description. Vazife ise, yalnız bir asker gibi Allah namına işlemeli, başlamalı ve Allah hesabıyla vermeli ve almalı ve izni ve kanunu dairesinde hareket etmeli, sükunet bulmalı, kusur etse istiğfar etmeli. Ya Rab, kusurumuzu affet, bizi kendine kul kabul et, emanetini kabz etmek zamanına kadar bizi emaneti emin kıl, amin demeli ve ona yalvarmalı. So what is this selling? What is our duty? As for our duties, they are as follows. One should begin and act in the name of God. We talked about this in the first word. Bismillah. Whatever we do, we need to have the intention and meaning of the Bismillah in our minds. In the name of God. God created this. God is enabling me to do this. I am doing this in the name of God. One should begin and act in the name of God like a soldier. One should give and take on his account, on God's account, his account, God's account. One should move and come to a stop as he permits and as he decrees. In case of a misstep, now we, we are human and we will have missteps. That is part of our nature. But when that happens, in case of a misstep, one should ask for forgiveness and say and plead, O oh, our nurturing master, Yarab, forgive our mistakes. Accept us as your slaves. Allow us to safeguard your trust until the appointed time when you will take it back from us. Amen. So this is a beautiful dua. O oh, our nurturing master, forgive our mistakes. Accept us as your servants. Allow us to safeguard your trust until the appointed time. When you will take it back from us. Amen. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma alamtana. Innaka anta al-alimul hakim. Wa akhir al-dawahu man alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Al-Fatiha.